Well, good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at Church in the Valley. Um, Our senior pastor, Randy Lanthrop, he's actually in Fort Worth, Texas today. Um, He is on the board uh, for Hope Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and they're having their 41st anniversary this morning, and he had a responsibility to be out there. Um, So he is there, but we're actually going to hear from him about halfway through the message. Um, We're going to we're going to hear half the message from him this morning on a video. Um, but I'm excited to be kicking off our DNA message series uh, this morning. DNA is, is fascinating. Um, I have this bump on my head, on my forehead right here. And somehow um, it, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Now, I would be worried about that bump if I didn't know my granddad had the same bump on the right side of his head And somehow, DNA skipped my dad's generation, came right to me, and I got left with this nice little bump on my my forehead that's actually turning out to not be that little anymore. Um, But knowing that he had the bump is is really helpful information uh, to know. It helps me know that it's not a problem that I don't need to worry about. And as we learn more and more, about ourselves, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be a forehead model. It's just not, it's not what God had for me. But a person's DNA, it determines physical traits and some behavioral tendencies. 99.9% of DNA is identical from person to person, but there's 0.01% that makes us unique. The recombination of chromosomes from our parents is, is what makes each individual unique. It's woven together like a quilt with different combinations of threads. And so just like people, churches also have DNA built into them. It's not a physical DNA because the church is a spiritual body of Christ followers. But no two churches are exactly alike, just like no two people are exactly alike. This is because God weaves a quilt of DNA into the church body through its leaders, through its members, according to their gifts and their abilities. This DNA also gets woven into church um, by its heritage, its experiences, traditions, and values. Each member is another thread in the quilt that makes a church unique as they play the role God has assigned for them in the church body. When you dig into the Bible, you find out that God loves the entire world. His goal for the churches he's placed throughout the world is to demonstrate his love to the people in the places that he's placed them in. Showing God's love, it builds bridges to help more and more people want to follow Christ. God wants his churches to multiply throughout the entire world. Now, this is just a gigantic vision that God has for churches. All churches who aim to be faithful to Christ have been given this same task. But God accomplishes his work through each church in unique ways. He weaves together a unique DNA into each church body to fulfill his purposes in the world. Our congregation can't show show love to everyone in the entire world from here in Ontario. 
we have limitations. But we can show God's love to those around us in a specific, practical ways. In this series, we're going to put a frame around the vision that God has given for us here at Church in the Valley. Our vision frame is our understanding of how God has woven our church body together to make us unique, to fulfill our purpose in this place. He's given us strengths that help us to contribute to the overall work of churches throughout the world. But putting this vision in a frame, it brings church life into focus. It helps us to see a picture of what we're all about. The frame for the church's vision has four sides to it. And that's what this is right here. I'm not going to be drawing anything um, today, but we got a, a vision, the frame up here. So the first side of the frame is our mission. And the, the mission, it answers the what question. What are we doing? Thankfully, we don't start with just a blank page and, and fill it in ourselves. Jesus gave us the mission. Here's a statement he made towards the end of his life here on earth that summarizes the assignment that God has given to us as a church. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus thought it was so important and crucial for the church to know this purpose, this mission, that you find it repeated at least five times in the New Testament in different ways. All churches have been given the same purpose in the Bible. We all exist for the same reason, and God wants his purpose to be, to be the goal behind all that we do as a church. Our purpose statement as a church, as Church in the Valley, is to know, love, and glorify God, be used by him to help all people to know Jesus Christ and become fully devoted followers of him and to start new churches and ministries that do the same. That's our purpose statement. It's a big purpose that we have to fulfill. The mission of every church exists within that framework. But it's a huge frame. All nations, and we probably have a couple hundred people here, including the kids today, we can't get to all the nations on our own. Teaching them to obey everything, everything's a lot. That's everything. All things. I don't know how else. It's everything. But we have jobs. We have lives to live throughout the week, and the available time to learn is limited. Our mission statement takes a look at the question, what is Church in the Valley's assignment within the framework that Christ has given us? What statement will help us to decide how we go about making disciples where we are and which nations we can help? What sentence will keep us on track as we help people learn to obey what Jesus taught 
and they grow over time. Uh, again, in the second half of the message, Pastor Randy is going to um, be explaining specifically what our mission statement here at Church in the Valley is. And then the second side of the frame that we're going to look at in this message series is values. Values answer the why question. Answers the why question. Why are we doing it? So we have the mission. It answers what we're doing. Values, why? Why are we doing it? 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says, Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. Motives are why we do what we do. Why is such, why is why such a big deal? Because love is a better way than obligation. When you're doing something out of love, it touches the heart of those you're doing, you're doing it to. Last week, my, my, one of my sons was sick. He was laying on the couch and just feeling really crummy. And he's typically, he's a hugger. He, he likes to give hugs and, and, uh, that's just kinda, that's how God has wired him. My other son is not so much a hugger. He's very logical, very, um, just not a feeler so much at all. I don't know if he has any feelings sometimes. Um, he's like me in some ways. Um, but just out of the blue, he walked over to, to my, my son, my other son who was sick and said, I'm sorry you're sick and gave him a hug. That simple act of love, showing concern for his brother, it touched his brother's heart. And several minutes later, he was sitting on the couch and he just looked over and he said, thanks for the hug. If that hug would have been given under obligation, we've seen, we've, we've seen those hugs before, especially with siblings. Go make up with your brother or sister. That would have been done under obligation. It wouldn't touch his heart the way that it does when we do things out of love. If God just wanted us to do the right things, then he would have just created us like robot-like creatures. Instead, he made us in his image so that we might choose to freely do from our hearts what is important to him. Why matters? We're going to talk about why our why next week. The third side of the frame that we're going to look at is our strategy. Our strategy answers the, the how question. That's bugging me. I'm too much of a perfectionist to do this. <laughs> but it answers the how question. How are we doing it? Strategy is the pattern of behavior that tells us how we're going to accomplish the mission that God has given us here at Church in the Valley. A mission is just words on a page until it's put into a set of behaviors that are clear and doable. So us on staff, we we made a list of all that we've done this past year in church life. It was 70 different types of events. Some of those are ongoing, like the weekly worship service, groups, serving on a team. That's a lot of things that are going on. 
in a given year. Nobody can be at all those events all the time. And it's hard to know the purpose behind each and every event. So our strategy has four patterns of behavior that we can all do. We can't be at every event all the time. But as we make it a habit of doing these four things, we will grow in our understanding of how to obey God. Every event that we're going to do will fall into these four, um, four patterns of behavior in our strategy. And then the last side of the frame is our measures. Measures answer the question, when? When are we successful? Before I came on church staff, I worked in business. And that was a, a relatively easy answer. When are we successful? When we make a, a profit. But a, a church is a nonprofit organization. It does take money to pay the rent, keep the lights on, um, to do our mission, but we're successful when we accomplish our mission, not turning a profit. So what does that look like? How are we making progress towards that? We're going to look at that later on in the message series. Without clear measures of success, we will distort the frame of God's vision for us. So we're going to look at what our measures of success are. These four sides of the, the frame, they limit, they, they are the limits of God's assignment for us. They guide our focus and our clarity. They clarify what our part and God's overall vision is for a church in the valley. Pastor Randy is going to focus on the right side of the frame by video. So let's listen to what he says about our vision, our mission here at Church in the Valley. Jesus gave his first followers a very clear assignment in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. He said that our assignment, here are the bullet points, to make disciples, to baptize them, and to teach them to obey everything he's commanded us. This is the first follower's assignment, every follower after him, and it makes up the purpose of the church. As a church, we work together to fulfill this overarching purpose. Based on our church's unique DNA, God has woven together based on our leaders, our members, and our experiences as a church body, our heritage. We boil down our mission into one sentence. Our mission is to invite our neighbors to discover Christ through his life-changing community. This is how we aim to accomplish Jesus' assignment for us right here in our neighborhood. Discovering Christ, you'll notice, is at the center of our mission. This is what we aim to help people do. When people discover who Jesus really is and how he wants to be a part of their lives, and they decide to follow him as their leader, life takes on a whole new meaning and purpose. The message the Lord has given us to share is incredibly good news. So the early church leader, Paul, said this about the priority of our mission. Acts 20, 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Here, here's what he's saying. My life is a complete waste if I don't use it 
for helping other people discover who Jesus is by telling them his message. This is such a high priority to Paul because this piece of good news has changed his life. It's changed my life. And it changes the life of all who accept that message and decide to follow him. It plants like a seed in the hearts of those who accept the message and follow Christ. And that seed begins to grow and produce more and more change to make us more and more the people that God created us to be as we learn to cooperate with him more and more throughout our lives. When I was starting Church in the Valley in 1987, I I really wasn't sure how planting a church was going to work. To be honest, I wasn't sure if I could do it. And one day, I took my son, who was two, to McDonald's to play at the play place, and I overheard parents speaking harshly to their kids and kids speaking harshly back and throwing fits at their parents. And in that moment, God said, Randy, you have what they need. And it's not that I'm better than they are, but it's just that I have the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, and I could share that with my new neighbors. The Bible calls our message a treasure in jars of clay. It's a treasure because it's good news that changes our lives. I I just need to help the message make sense to others. And God supplies the power to help form the church and to help the church accomplish its mission. We, We just are set to faithfully tell others about Christ, to help them discover him. And he does the changing. Helping our neighbors discover Christ has always been at the heart of our mission here at Church in the Valley because Jesus unlocks the treasure of a life that God wants us to live and enjoy as we grasp his love for us that's wrapped up in this message, as we decide to follow him and surrender our lives to do that. He, he makes a major difference in us through that. I often think if, if people who don't yet follow Christ only knew what a difference he makes, they would follow him. And so that's, that's really our assignment is to help people discover how great it is to follow Christ. It's our job to help our neighbors discover him. Here's a definition of the word discover. To find something or someone unexpectedly in the course of a search. The way it is, people need to search and sort out what it means to follow Christ for themselves. That's just, that makes sense. Uh, Discovering Christ is a process then. Since each person needs to discover Christ for themselves, we invite our neighbors to join with us in their search. To search out who Jesus is what it means to follow him. And the way it all works is God puts each of us in our families, among our friends, at our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, and he brings people along our path for a purpose. And that purpose is so we can invite our neighbors to discover Christ with us. 
In one of his most famous stories, Jesus defines our neighbor as the person in our path. The story is known as the Good Samaritan, and Jesus tells it uh, masterfully, of course. And his point is this. Everybody that God brings along your path is important to him, and we need to serve them and do what we can to show kindness and meet the needs that flow by. So this is the backdrop of our mission. Jesus stated his mission in a very crystal clear way in Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And by lost, he means those who are disconnected from a relationship with God and who are living life without his help and guidance. Today, the Lord aims to find the lost to him, those who are lost to him, through his people, through the church. Basically, Jesus' mission is our mission as a church. Why do we do our mission? Because people really matter to God, and they matter to us because of that, because God has given us his love for them. Jesus led out for this. He led out in this by example. It's interesting. He spent most of his time with people who weren't religious in any way, shape, or form. Um, He was actually criticized by religious leaders of his day for receiving sinners and eating with them. He hung out with the wrong crowd because he loves people who are lost to God. Jesus responds to their grumbling to the people, the religious leaders at one point in Luke 15. uh, They were grumbling, criticizing him. And he responds to their grumbling by telling three stories. A man with a hundred sheep loses one. He leaves the ninety-nine and he goes to search for the one. A woman with ten coins loses one. She stops everything, turns her house upside down looking for the one. A father has two sons and one of them leaves and wants his inheritance early and he goes and just squanders it. The dad goes out and looks over the horizon often. I, I, th- I would think every day. And he longs for his son to return so he can give him a big hug and accept him back. In these stories, Jesus has a point. Finding what was lost is so valuable that it becomes the purpose. It becomes the focus. What is so important to you that if you lost it, you would go on an all-out search to try to find it? You'd, you'd just go, go for it, and you'd turn everything upside down. There's a range that we have of what's most invaluable to us. Cindy has a New Testament on our coffee table that her dad carried in his pocket when he was fighting World War II on the Bunker Hill, the battleship Bunker Hill. We've, we've learned to put that away when the toddler grandkids come around because they, you know, they grab it. They don't know how valuable it is and they like to rip it apart. Um, my wedding ring is important to, to me. I, I would stop everything and look for it if, if it's lost. I, I've lost my kids in a department store for a few minutes and that, that's the worst feeling. 
the longer the search takes, the sicker the feeling inside. Here's what Jesus is doing by telling these stories. He ramps up the stakes from a sheep who represents one in a hundred, one percent of the flock, and a coin that represents ten percent of a woman saving to a son. Jesus told these stories in Luke 15 to show how important people are to God. He wants us all to know him. And so we adopt this mission, Jesus' mission, as our own. That's what we're about as a church. This is our assignment from Jesus as we follow him. Sundays here at Church of the Valley are open to everyone. But 99% of the people in our communities, they aren't going to come here unless we go to them. Like the shepherd who left the 99 sheep in the pen and went out to find the one who was lost. Jesus, in fact, he came to earth to help us to connect with God, to find people who were lost to God, to help us turn around from going our own way, to decide to follow him and go his way. This is why Jesus came. So our mission statement says, we invite our neighbors to discover Christ because of the major difference it makes as we discover and know him and walk with him But it happens through his life-changing community. As we connect with our neighbors, we, we look for ways to include them in the church community. This is what we do as a church body. This is our assignment. And this is the way God specifically works with us. I mean, we've, we've been talking about DNA and how, uh, every person's DNA is unique and God weaves it together differently and He does the same for churches. In our church, uh, one of the things he uses to help people discover Christ is the community, the church body that he's put together at Church in the Valley. And so as we connect with our neighbors, we look for ways to include them in that church community that, that has been God's use to change our lives. We invite them to coffee, to dinner to the movies, to worship, to meetups, to events, to seminars, all in the hopes that they'll connect with others in the church community and then we can seek God together. They'll join us in that search. A common story we hear at Church in the Valley goes as follows. A member or tender meets a neighbor somewhere uh, at work, maybe in their family, among friends, And they invite them to check us out on a Sunday or some other event, or they get together with a few folks from the church body here. Uh, People often come around the church community who aren't quite sure about Christ and Christianity, and maybe especially Christians. (laughs) They just aren't too sure about them, us, basically. I understand that because you hear things about Jesus and Christianity that really aren't true. So as the neighbors come around investigating Christianity, uh, we welcome them. We we try to give space so that they can sort out whether or not they want to keep plugging into what we're doing, whether or not they want to follow Christ for themselves. 
And, you know, really a major question on their mind is, how normal are these people who follow Christ? And so we we just try to give space and let others decide how normal we are. But over time, what happens is, over and over again, and, and as I share this, I can see faces, I can see families, I can see people whom God has used our church community in their lives. And over time, Jesus becomes real to them. They decide to give their life to follow him. And life takes on a whole new meaning and purpose as they walk through life with a community of, of people that, that aren't perfect. We aren't perfect, but we're trying to be the church that God wants us to be. This is our goal. When Jesus is at the center of a church community, it's life-changing because he's the life-changer. That's why it's life-changing. We aim to be a group of Christ followers committed to loving one another, living life God's way, and helping others do the same. We're not perfect, but Jesus is perfect, and Jesus has promised to work in us and through us to bless each other and those who join in. And we we hope to reach more and more people and include them in our church community. That's why our mission is to invite our neighbors to discover Christ through his life-changing community. So that's the first side of our vision frame that really brings into focus what we're trying to accomplish as a church community really excites me to think about the mission that God has given us and how that can be a blessing to people and more and more as we invite our neighbors to discover Christ through his life-changing community. Over the next several weeks, Pastor Andy's going to walk through the other sides of the frame and give us more and more of an insight into focus and the clarity that comes as we go around the frame. I hope you can uh, join us for the rest of those Weeks. I'd like to ask you to find that connection card um, that uh, Brad mentioned earlier. Please fill out, finish filling out any information on the, the front of that card or um, if there's anything on the back. If you want to sign up for anything, a meetup, you can write it um, on the back of that connection card. But I'd also like to mention a couple next steps that you might want to take in response to the message um, today. Uh, one next step is just to attend the rest of the message series um, here at Church in the Valley to hear what what we're all about. And then another next step that you might want to take is to sign up for Church in the Valley Preview. Church in the Valley Preview um, is a, a class that we offer that describes who we are, what we're about, what we're, we're trying to do. Um, and how you can get more involved if you would like. That's going to be on September 29th. Um, so that'll be coming up in a couple months. Um, but we invite you to sign up for that on the back of that connection card. Just write CIV preview. We'll get you signed up for that, that class. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for um, just the mission that you've given us, that you allow us to be a part of what you're doing in the world, to help people, to bless people. Um, to show love to people, to help them to come to know you. And we just pray that you would help us um, to do that more and more uh, effectively and just have more clarity in how we spend our time and how we um, spend our efforts um, in, in doing that. Again, just thank you so much for allowing us to be a part 
of your community here and just help us to fulfill the mission you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen.